0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to welcome Dennis Dodge from CBS Sports back back on the air. And Dennis, you wrote a story that you knew would get attention in Utah because you know how BYU fans are and they are super excited about the Big 12. And you wrote about the impending decision to form divisions. Uh, Why don't you recap uh, what you know and uh, how this process is going along?
1: Well, this is the assumption, you know, it starts with the assumption that Texas and Oklahoma are going to stay throughout the term of the Big 12 contract within with the 24 football, 24-25 basketball. And it starts with the assumption that those, those four schools, including BYU, are going to come into the 23 season. They're going to have to accommodate what the league looks like. And at that point, it would be 14 teams for two years before that contract ends. And NCAA rules stipulate that you have to have um, any, any league above 12 teams have to split into division. And so that's what the acting discussions are about. What does it look like competitively? What does the schedule look like in those two years? I mean, you've got some monster programs that are going to be impacted in playing playoff first and conference titles and everything else. And, and BYU dipping its toe in the water in, in that situation. So, that's where they are right now. We may have some finality by May at the uh, at the Big 12 spring meeting in Scottsdale, but it's actively being talked about right now.
2: Dennis, you've been in our market many times over. I've seen you around, obviously, and so you understand the passion of BYU yeah. Utah uh, as if you almost lived here like we do. And so now, going forward in sports radio, we're going to love it because it's going to be an—it's already an endless battle, BYU versus Utah. Now it's going to be an endless battle between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. As you can imagine, which conference is better, you know? And we're going to have fun with it and horse around with it and talk radio—it's what we do, you know that full well. But my thought for you—and I'm a Pac-12 guy, went to ASU and all that—and this has been my conference since I was a teenager. But as I look at this new Big 12 when it comes time for texas and oklahoma to leave i like the conference and if you compare it to the pac-12 i think it compares favorably how do you see it
1: yeah i think a couple of thoughts um you know you're going to need one team or two teams be dominant which the pac-12 hasn't had Uh, it's been 18 years since the national championship whatever five or six since the CFP, everybody in the league loses two games a year at least, which takes you out of the CFB. That's the issue I have with the Big 12 going forward. It's not to say you can't have one or two dominant teams. Let's just say they're BYU and Cincinnati. Um, as things stand right now, Oklahoma State would be, have to be in the conversation among those 12 um, in terms of putting resources in the football. The advantage for the Big 12 going forward in that it doesn't become a Pac-12 is because in an expanded playoff, if we ever get there, you're only going to have to be 11 and 2 uh, to get in. Uh, in the way as proposed, you've got the top six ranked conference champions and then six at large. The advantage for any league uh, is that you don't have to go 12 and 1 or undefeated. Anymore. Notre Dame doesn't have to go undefeated, which is really the case in the 14 playoff. So if you've got the schedule, you know if you won the league or you know even if you hadn't, in the case of The SEC, which is going to have a say in this, you're going to have a really good shot with uh, with two losses, depending on who you play.
0: Obviously, the SEC is the strongest league and the Big Ten's in a great spot. The ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 all have problems. They have different problems, but they all have problems. Which problems would you most like to have, either because the problems aren't as big or the problems are more easily solved?
1: Uh, ACC, Big 12, and, and who else? Pac-12. Pac-12, obviously, yeah. Um, you know what? That's a great question because by any measure, it's going to be a diminished Big 12. Uh, when you lose Oklahoma and Texas, you don't get stronger. Uh, ACC has the worst uh, TD contract right now, by far, actually, and in they're in the locked into 2036. That's going to have a cumulative effect on competitive value. And, and the Pac-12 is what it is. I mean, how many conferences have their commissioner come out a couple of weeks ago? And I'm sure you guys saw this.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Basically broke it down by saying we're undersizing both lines. <laughs> and and he's going to go into the president's uh, Kliadkov and tell them we need to spend on facilities and resources and get football better. How's that going to go over at Cal or Stanton? I'm just saying. Um, so, uh, you know, I think traditionally, again, because – Um, you know, the resources are maybe there, uh, the big 12 might have the least of the problems. Now, for those, for those four schools coming in, the revenue is going to be a windfall for the eight existing. They're going to have to tighten the belt. Um, You know, can you compete competitively for coaching salaries, everything else, making $20 million a year for school, which I'm just kind of, I kind of landed on that figure um, having talked to people in the last year of the Big 12 contract, the average will be 44 million per school because that the deals are backloaded. Um, but I, I think it'll be really interesting to see what that's worth to um, to the networks, the rights holders.
2: Do you see, we've heard rumors of the Big 12 not settling. Uh, have you heard anything as far as maybe them continuing? You know, we've heard the Arizona schools might be interested, whomever it might be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've written that, all that stuff. I mean, at the time when they added these four schools, it was hinted at that they're not done. I would say in the big picture, college football is not done. I keep hearing another round of realignment is coming some consolidation of schools, and that all comes down to the, to the SEC, um, now aligning the best number of brands in under one-tenth since Procter & Gamble. I mean, think about this. I'm not talking about college football. I'm talking about all schools. Um, maybe this side of the NFL. But they have the best athletic football-playing brands all of themselves. Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas, LSU, Florida, um, and I haven't gotten through half the league yet. Uh, those are the top ones. So, you know, the the closer conferences can get to that, whether it's adding, um, yes, the Arizona schools I think would be in play. I think there's a decision to be made there by USC if this downturn continues in the Pac-12, whether it wants to go to uh, independence or not. Um, does the Pac-12 try to fortify itself by reaching back out east? Is the Big Ten going to stay how they are? They're pretty darn you know strong right now. Uh, and then, and then like initially you heard Memphis, Boise for the Big 12. Do they do that and just try to line up as many schools as they can and grow to 14 like everybody else? At that point, it would be ACC, SEC, Big Ten. Um, Big 12, and then it's the Pac 12 at a disadvantage by staying at 12? I don't know.
0: Dennis Dodds joining us. CBS Sports He's got a story out about the Big 12 looking to uh, align into divisions. And it took a long time, I think, for people to get used to 12 team leagues. As you point out, 14 could be the new normal. But when you say the SEC is at 16 and they've got brands that are not done yet. You know, a long time ago, Jackie Sherrill said 420 team leagues everybody's in 10 team divisions. It's essentially yeah. a league for scheduling purposes. Your conference title game essentially becomes a national quarterfinal. Is he going to end up being right?
1: Yeah. I don't know if we're there yet. I mean, a lot of that's been put out there. Like what if the SEC just decides to get 30 to 35 schools and call it a day, uh-huh. you know, we'll have our own plans. You know, everything else is meaningless anyway. You know, the one of these 30 schools are the best each year. So, um, you know, is there some dissatisfaction with what I just mentioned in the ACC with their payout with the likes of Clemson, Florida State, and Miami? I think that bears watching. So that could be the next move, either by those schools to, to call the SEC or, or vice versa. So, yeah, I, I think it can happen. I think it's going to be a period of years because I think that, that that's a big one to watch in the ACC. There's no way they can grow in terms of revenue. Um, without adding Notre Dame. And there's absolutely no projection that that's going to happen.
2: One of the things Klyakov said at the Pac 12 uh, title game before when he held his little press conference downstairs was that he would be interested in potentially keeping the divisions, but not necessarily be tied to the winner of the North and the South playing each other and going with the two best teams if it so happens to be that they're in the same division. I'm wondering if you think the Big 12 would be interested in that. Have you heard any movement as far as that taking place going forward throughout college football? Well, that's
1: the issue. You, and With that
2: story I wrote yesterday, you'd have to get a waiver
1: from the NCAA right. uh, to do that because of little state, the 12 and above, you have to split into divisions. But since we're not going to deregulate college athletics this year, what is the NCAA? What do they have to do with it? You know, you could – we just say we're going to do it. You going know, to stop us? I mean, look what's happened with NIL and in uh, the transfer portal. Um, you know, the thing is running itself. So, yeah, I think that would be a. And I've long said that more teams, more conferences, should do that to enhance their access to the playoffs. The Big Twelve has done it. They can now with ten teams. I think the Americans done it. I'm pretty sure the Americans done it as well. So, yeah, I, I think Klafkoff is seeing into the future where no matter how many teams you have, you just go to one 12-team division, and and look, the, the members are going to be making the rules anyway, so they can just say, no, forget it. Now, I, I don't think there'd be any pushback against changing that rule, where I think that would be more advantageous, So your best teams are playing each other. It it absolutely hurt the Big 12 this year, but the two, the two best teams were playing. Oklahoma State which was within three yards, and some horrible play calling inside the five yard line of beating Baylor and going to the playoffs. Um, you know that's on them, but they were right there, and Baylor had a fantastic season, maybe the best it's ever had.
0: Dennis Dodd's joining us, CBS Sports, CBSSports.com. So Klavkov came on our show, and he was very generous with his time, and I thought he was really open with his answers. Of course, we were asking him stuff, and he wanted to weigh in on some of those issues, so it made it a little easier. Yeah. At the end of the half hour, and he spent a half hour with us, and at the end of the half hour, he was talking about the playoff, and he said, and it was so ominous, and he said it without any, um, any fire. It wasn't, it wasn't something where I'm threatening people and I'm banging the tables. None of that. It was in very matter of fact. He said, well, right now it ta- requires a unanimous vote, but in a few years it won't. I'm paraphrasing, but in a few years it won't. And at that point, you have to decide if you want to be on board or if people are just going to go without you. And it made me think that in these meetings right now, they're reasonably close to having an expanded playoff. And the people were really dragging their heels. They don't dare get left behind. I mean, it just sounded like just brutal power politics. Like, you're kind of ticking me off, and i got to put up with you now. And a Pac-12 commissioner isn't in a place to throw his weight around all by himself. So I think there's a coalition of people who think like he thinks. Is it really going to get that vicious, or will everyone fall in line at the end of the day?
1: I think everyone will fall in line. The only thing I would say is I think this thing now is pretty certain that it's going to go four more years, so because of everything we're talking about uh, the a c c goes bowl everything. It's too much to get over right now in the context of the NCA reshaping itself. That's basically what the a c c is saying, and so at the end of the at the end of the day. In four years, all you've, uh, do you think Jim Phillips is really going to keep the ACC out? You know, in other words, those four other power fives can say, here's how it's going to look. Uh, hey, group of five, you know, you don't have any sayings anyway. so Here's what we're going to do. And the ACC is going to step on principle. No, they'll come around. Um, but it's going to be four years. And, and if they don't, look, we'll stay at four. Um, Greg Sankey has said that. Uh you know, I, I think at that point the pressure would be on the president, obviously of the ACC. That you can stand on principle all you want, but this is a multi-billion-dollar operation that's going to be a lot of money for this conference and fix many of the rows you're talking about. I, I don't, I don't deny uh, or give short shrift to anything the ACC has done. I, I think them standing on principle is, uh, is noble. Uh, to, you know. As college athletics goes forward, you've got to have some sort of shred, you know, connection to education, and that's wearing away, as you guys would admit, day by day. Um, If we end up paying players, then what have we got? Uh, I think it's coming to that, but you're still going to have that shred connected to education, and maybe that's what the ACC is standing for.
2: So with the Big 12 and Pac-12, then, would they be to the point of basically desperately needing an expanded playoff?
1: Well, in any situation, this benefits the Pac-12 and Big 12 and everybody. in Notre Dame, actually, that's why they signed off on it, because it's more accurate. It triples the field. It goes from 3% of that, yes, to 9%. probably still too little, but, you know, player safety, you can't play games all, all fall. Um, no, it's it's great. Um, if the SEC has the most teams in, that's great. You know, that's probably what's going to happen. But in some sense, it's going to give automatic access to 18 um, or, or some sort of access to 18 in the Pac 12, which they lost for the last six, six years. Um, I think the Big 12 has been in it four, four times out of eight. I'm not sure. Um, but anybody is going to be in the group of five. You can legitimately recruit at Appalachian State in Louisiana and say you can play for national championship or at least be in the playoffs. Well, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. The other discussion we just talked about, the ACC, too many games. Um, the uh, NCAA's an upheaval. What are we doing? Let's wait for that settles. But for everybody, it's more access. It makes total sense.
0: So apparently America will watch bad football and lopsided games. The NFL expanded the playoffs, and man, the two seats crushed the seven seats, but but people are going to watch Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, even if they're winning in blowouts. So the NFL makes more money. And so I guess the same thing applies to college football, where the semifinals have been blowouts. So naturally, Alabama and Georgia, I assume they would have won their quarterfinal games in blowouts. But the competition really isn't the thing, is it? We're just going to stop down and millions of people will watch football and people will get paid, and that's all there is to it.
1: Well, the ratings – for the college football playoff has declined steadily since year one. I think I, I think the championship game this year was a 45% decline from year one. And you better believe those people that run that are watching this. So I can't um, claim that the ratings will necessarily go up, especially for the early round games. You're going to have what you just saw in the NFL, these seven seeds getting wiped out. Um, but there's a larger discussion to be had here. And Bob Bolsley made a great point I think in September when this all came about that starting November 1st, you're going to have about 35 or 40 teams um, in September. I'm sorry, 35 or 40 teams is a realistic shot at the playoff. Um, on November 1st, it'll be 20 or 30 instead of about six or four we're talking about right now. And that's going to help everybody, the right holders competitive balance, um, more interest in the game, attendance. I really think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to take away from the regular season. I think it's going to enhance it. And the Bulls are the Bulls. We've seen the, the Bulls below that are fodder right now. Anyway, the last two years, they've canceled for COVID and various reasons. Um, they're programming. Uh, ESPN owns them. I think 39 of the 41 outside the csp and it's programming. And I, I think a bunch, the overwhelming majority of them did a million viewers, which is great for advertising. And so they're not going anywhere. You may not, they may be increasingly irrelevant, but not as background noise during the holidays, which when advertisers sell a lot of products, so they, they're still going to be
2: there. When the Big 12 gets set and the two teams leave, How competitive you think their TV contract would be in terms of individual schools and the money that they will receive? In terms of overall or per school? Because we're talking yeah, yeah, per Mm -hmm. school, per school. i was just wondering how much do you think BYU is going to be in for uh, when they get going, and uh, the other two schools take off, and and it's everything. Well, as I
1: just mentioned, the number I'm working with now in the new deal that I've been told operating at 20 million per school. And so that would put them at the bottom, right, right. there with uh, right there at the ACC. The Pac-12 is going to get a new deal, so they're going to get more money in whatever sense that means. They're just going to because it's been a 12-year deal, and the market shifted dramatically. They're going to get more money. Right. Um, the Big 12 is going forward with 12 teams that are that are less than what they have than they have right now. So, right. uh, yeah, I, th- I
2: think that I think they'll be towards the bottom. There. And, and so then my my follow up that I wanted to get to was uh, how much of a disadvantage do you think that is going to be in terms of other conference peer competition that the others, the, the amount of money that the other schools are getting? Uh,
1: they're going to be behind. But again, you have to balance that with access to the playoffs. Um, the fact that the SEC is getting stronger every day, no matter how much money they get. Uh, I think the, the Big 12 have done something brilliant. They knew they couldn't do a network, so they've gone to the CSPN Plus, which is essentially their network. They're getting revenue out of that. And look, it's w- whatever the Big 12 does, whatever the Pac-12 does, whatever the ACC does, they're always going to be behind the Big 10 and the SEC. Yeah. So at that point, we're just having a discussion over who's three, 3 through 5 um, right. you know, unless, unless this whole model blows up and somebody takes 30 teams or something like that. So what you do with it, um, how you maximize it, is going to be different from conference to conference. The thing that, that makes it more equal is this playoff, which, which gets you access where you can hang that shingle. Okay, not only are we SDS, not only are we Power 5, or we're a playoff participant. You can come here. And even something as simple as that affects everything from enrollment to research grants to ability to, to lure um, faculty. Uh, that's why a lot of this is so important.
0: So going forward with access becoming more important with the SEC having so many brand-name programs and, and looking like such a difficult league to compete and win in, and the schools in the SEC being willing to to fire coaches who've won national championships two years later, are more coaches, and I'm curious what they will tell you or hint at privately, not what they'll say into a microphone, are more coaches on the Brian Kelly path where get me to the SEC, pay me, and I will figure it out, and I will bet on me, or are more coaches on the Lincoln-Riley path like, what do I need to stay at Oklahoma and go to the SEC for? This SC thing looks awfully good. I like the way the Pac-12 looks. Let's do that.
1: Uh, two different situations, and you have to understand there are only a finite number of jobs in each league. You know, when you say more coaches, yeah, I'll just go to the other. So I'll just go to the Pac-12 is an easier path. I think the bigger story is that the Pac-12, the three biggest programs in that league, have all changed coaches, yeah. and there's you know there's pressure on on those three coaches to to save the league, particularly Lincoln Riley. Um, you know, Brian Kelly's I think was a one-off. Because he's sort of a third choice there. I, I it was a surprise. Not that he can't win. He's the wing coach at Notre Dame. Um, is it a better access for him there? Yes, it is. The Notre Dame. You have to go undefeated at Notre Dame every year at Sun Stand right now to get in the playoff virtually. Uh you, you can get to the playoffs easier at the S in the SEC going forward. Uh, and I think this plays into what Texas and Oklahoma thought when they went there, obviously it's the best conference, is, okay, if you're 10-3 and three in the Big 12, it's going to be harder to get in the playoffs than it would be at in the SEC. You see what I'm saying? Um, big picture. So, no, I don't think there's some sort of trend here. I think the trend was that there were um, – I think the trend was early signing today. Uh, you had, what is it now, 30 – it's 29 or 30 openings Hawaii is open now. I think that's either 29th or 30th. And that had nothing to do with early signing day, but half of the jobs before that did Um, in 99 days, 28 jobs opened. That's crazy. And a lot of that was because of the early signing day.
0: Dennis, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks for joining us and uh, we'll keep reading you at cbssports.com.
1: All right. Thanks guys.
0: Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com, the Big 12, plotting out divisions. And I get the north-south, and the one he put in his story makes sense. But I'm also sure, and it's a short-term thing, and you got to think long-term when you're building divisions. But, man, the north is way stronger than the south. (laughs) It's it's way stronger. And I'm sure that got brought up in the room. But everything's cyclical, too. Programs go up and down.
2: Uh, Yeah, so you don't really know where are we in 10 years. Right. Uh, but you still have some pretty good teams in
0: the South, though. Well, Baylor. I mean, Baylor just jumps out at you. Baylor would be looking at the South going, yeah, I like the way this looks. <laughs> I like the way this is lining up. Now, who's I, to say what TCU or, or Houston or UCF does down the line?
2: I, and those teams have had their moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe you put Oklahoma State in there, but... Uh, you know, particularly if they go and play the, the best two teams rather than uh, south and north and that type of thing.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.